This podcast is supported by FedEx. FedEx offers picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. FedEx ground service is also faster to more locations than UPS ground. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely. Positively. FedEx. Airbnb. I just got invited to the first wedding of the summer. Yeah. Happens to be a gay wedding. Nice. Very excited to attend. And the first thing that you did, Jack? Book a hotel for the wedding. Okay. Second thing that you did? List my place as available that weekend on Airbnb. Millions of people host on Airbnb, but millions more have never even thought about hosting. Here's the thing. We've said it's great to make money while you sleep. Actually, Warren Buffett said that. Well, when you're an Airbnb host, you make money while you sleep and... While someone else sleeps. That's why anytime I'm traveling, I immediately jump into Airbnb and set my house as available. It's that easy. So Yetis, your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. This episode is sponsored by Audible, the home of storytelling. Protect her. That's from the opening chapter of The Last Thing He Told Me. Or is it protect her. It's Protector. Yeah, it's like that. It's a thrilling mystery my wife and I listened to on Audible. It actually got adapted into a TV show, but it was way more riveting as an audiobook, wasn't it, man? It's about a tech executive who disappears when his company gets indicted on accounting fraud. But he disappeared to protect her. And honestly, we shouldn't say anymore. Let's stop we that. We listen to the whole audiobook on Audible while driving in the car on road trips. And you should too. As an Audible member, you can choose one title a month to keep from their entire catalog. New members can try Audible free for 30 days. Visit audible.com slash tboy or text tboy to 500-500. That's audible.com slash tboy or text tboy to 500-500. This is Nick. This is Jack. It's Wednesday, Ceviche Wednesday, November. 22nd. And today's pod is the best one yet. It's a T-Boy Jack. It is the last pod of the week because we're taking a four-day weekend. We're going to miss all of you Yetis out there. We'll be back on Monday, November 27th. In the meantime, Jack, are you wearing two sweaters for Thanksgiving again this year? No. Oh, I'm wearing my turtleneck. There we go. Okay. All right. I'm here for it. I fully support it. It's a fashion statement. I've already cooked a couple pies, by the way. Oh, yeah. You always make sure to have the best dessert at the party, don't you? Key lime, chocolate mousse. That's so Enneagram 3 of you. And a mystery pie. <laughs> First story for today's show. What do we got, Jack? For our first story, we're about to get the most Black Friday, Black Friday ever. Because Amazon just got its own NFL football game on Black Friday. For our second story, the biggest family drama this year isn't at the dinner table. It's at OpenAI. The latest update on Sam Altman is that a coup has turned into a mutiny. And our third and final story, it's the most controversial dish at Thanksgiving cranberries. Turns out Ocean Spray has a monopoly on cranberries. A legal monopoly. It's a legal monopoly. But Yetis, before we hit that wonderful Thanksgiving mix. That's how you go into a Thanksgiving break. That is a perfect mix, man. 160 years ago, America had its first official Thanksgiving holiday. Yetis, 1863, that is when Abraham Lincoln, President Lincoln, made Thanksgiving an official U.S. holiday. Honest Abe, it's a great legacy. Got a bold to do it in the middle of a civil war. Love the sentiment behind it, Jack. But even before tomorrow, officially Thanksgiving, there are other holidays we want to talk about. For example, Yetis, last weekend you celebrated Friendsgiving. Friendsgiving. It's a Thanksgiving potluck, but before Thanksgiving and with buddies. And the Wednesday before Thanksgiving, you also may celebrate Drinksgiving. Today, 
The Wednesday before Thanksgiving. Everyone's back in town, so you go to the bar to see friends. Drinksgiving, it's tonight. Enjoy your Drinksgiving. But Nick and I think there's even more Thanksgiving holiday spinoffs in this Thanksgiving industry. Jack and I think that we can scale the stuffing on the Thanksgiving holiday, right, Jack? Nick, are you ready to go full Marvel Cinematic Universe and franchise this thing? Jack, let's franchise Thanksgiving. <laughs> what do we got, man? There's also Linksgiving. Linksgiving, when you play a round of golf before dinner. Or Rinksgiving. When you go ice skating after. After the dinner. And Shrinksgiving. When you see your therapist before seeing your family. And Nick, how about Stinksgiving? When you take a shower after you cook for nine hours. Or the controversial Pinksgiving? It's when you don't cook a turkey, you cook a flamingo. I think this year I'm going to need Inksgiving. Ah, uh, Inksgiving. That's when you write in your diary about how weird Aunt Linda's comment was. What did she mean by that? I'm not really sure, but I kind of don't want to bring it up again, Jack. But of course, Yetis, there's Dinksgiving. Dinksgiving. Thanksgiving, double income, no kids, Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving means you're not flying to see family. You're flying to Fiji. Casserole in Cleveland. <laughs> We're having paella in Ibiza. <laughs> Yeah, it is whatever you are doing this holiday. From Dinksgiving to Shrinksgiving to Drinksgiving. Make it the best one yet. Nick and I are going to hit the three stores. Have a great Thanksgiving. We'll see you Monday. That was a little abrupt. <laughs> it's very conclusive. <laughs> Yetis, we're thankful for you, but we're still going to do the rest of our podcast. Yeah, let's do the show, Nick. Let's hit our three stories. 15 years before this song, two boys from the Northeast met in the dorm. They had an idea to cause a cultural storm. It's the best one yet, but the best is the norm. Jack, Nick, that's it. I don't even think they need to practice. 50%, that's a fat tip. T-Boy City on your at list. If you know, you know, because we ready to go. We can't wait no more. So just start the show. Start the show. For our first story, Yetis, prepare this year for the most Black Friday phenomenon ever. You ready? Thursday night NFL football. Okay. On Black Friday. Okay. On Amazon. Okay, Yetis, that is a lot to absorb all at once. Don't worry, Jack and I are going to repeat it and we'll sprinkle on some context. Let's break down each piece of that headline slowly. In the rest of the story. All right, Jack, let's start at square one here. Yetis, last year, Amazon won the rights to the NFL's Thursday night football game. It was a 10-year deal for $10 billion. Well, Jack, what's the problem with that Amazon NFL deal exactly? That Thursday night deal conflicts with the NFL's annual Thanksgiving football tradition. Yetis, hold the stuffing. Every NFL game is on Sunday except for one game and one game only every year. Thanksgiving Thursday. Actually, more than one game. Because for 40 years, both the Lions and the Cowboys, they always get to play a game on Thanksgiving Day. And for 40 years, none of us really know why that's the case. Why the Lions and the Cowboys? Like, what is it about them that gets Thanksgiving games? And yet, is this Thursday night football game? It works. Last year, 42 million people watched just one of those Thanksgiving Day games. 42 million people watching one game. That is numbers you don't see in the media industry. So because of this Thanksgiving tradition, Amazon got every Thursday night game for the NFL, except on Thanksgiving. Oh, we got to pause the pod for a second. Jack, did you just say the word except? I did. Amazon doesn't like the word except. Yeah, it is. Amazon's lawyers really don't like the word except. So Amazon actually convinced the NFL to make up for it. Yetis, Amazon convinced the NFL to put on its first ever Friday night football game. Jets vs. Dolphins this Friday on Amazon Prime Video. How convenient, by the way. Yes, how 
convenient, Jack. The NFL's first ever Friday night game is happening on Black Friday, the biggest shopping day of the whole year. And for Amazon, the world's biggest e-commerce company, this is a Christmas miracle. I mean, Jack, the only thing more financially larger than this would be if, like, Santa played the halftime show of the game. Or if Bezos convinced him to ship via Prime. Jack, the elves are going to go on strike. This deal is so good for Amazon. So what this means, instead of visiting Walmart on Black Friday, some Americans are going to stay home and tune in to Amazon Prime Video instead. Because they're watching a football game hosted by Amazon on Black Friday. And here's the biggest news. Yeah, it is. Amazon is going to be showing commercials on this Black Friday with exclusive deals and QR codes. Here's what you're going to see. A Domino's commercial showing that wings are 30% off if you scan this QR code that's on your screen right now. But Jack, let's say you want to make wings in the future, but you don't want wings today. They're going to show an ad for an air fryer. 50% 50% off, but only if you scan the QR code because you're watching Friday Night Football. Besties, that air fryer is going to drop directly into your Amazon shopping cart while Zach Wilson fumbles the football. And it'll be at your front door before Sunday's games even begin. Oh, check it out. Aaron Rodgers is ordering mushrooms from the sidelines. <laughs> so, Jack, what's the takeaway for our buddies over at Amazon? Amazon is shooting for the holy grail. Content merging with commerce. Okay, Yetis, remember like 20 years ago, Budweiser did those famous frog commercials, like the Budweiser, like those commercials? For that commercial to convert into an actual sale, customers must remember those frogs days later when they're at the grocery store. That's a problem in the marketing industry because that is a big gap. It's actually one of the biggest gaps there is between an ad and the purchase. But the QR codes that Amazon is introducing on Friday, it eliminates the gap. It connects the content to the commerce directly. So Jack, let's say you see a commercial for a Snuggie blanket on Friday. If you're watching the football game, all you have to do is pull out your phone and scan the QR code. Yetis, when Amazon acquired the rights to Thursday Night Football, we thought we might finally see it. Content merging with commerce. Well, this Friday, it might actually happen. On Black Friday, with football and Amazon. Nick, pour some gravy on that ensemble. That's the holy grail of American capitalism. For our second story, the biggest family drama this year isn't at your Thanksgiving table. It's over at OpenAI. Microsoft has won with OpenAI's collapse, but here's the shocker. They don't want to be the winner. We'll tell you more in the takeaway. Jack, there are decades where nothing happens, and then there are weeks when decades happen. (laughs) This week felt like the latter. Okay, this week we have been up late yet because in Monday's show, we covered the coup that was staged by the board of OpenAI against their co-founder and CEO, Sam Allman. When the dust settled, Sam had been fired by OpenAI, but hired by Microsoft. Two days ago, Sam got a new job, CEO of the new AI division over at Microsoft. Not too shabby, his parents are proud. So that's what happened to Sam Allman. But what happened to OpenAI? Well, in the 48 hours since then, OpenAI has gone from a $90 billion dominator of artificial intelligence to a disaster of artificial intelligence. And the biggest issue remains. And what's the biggest issue, Jack? OpenAI hasn't explained themselves. Why did you fire Sam Altman? the most valuable asset at the company. They've said it has something to do with their nonprofit mission, clashing with Sam's for-profit focus. Right, because remember, OpenAI was founded as a nonprofit focused on humanity and harnessing AI for good. But they thought that Sam Altman was moving too fast and breaking things, although they've shown no evidence of it. They haven't explained publicly 
why they made that huge decision. But yet yeah, it, it has now been five days. We have digested a lot of Twitter. We've stayed up late a whole bunch of nights. And now this is how Jack and I see the story. OpenAI first staged a coup, but now they face a mutiny. Because there are still 770 people who did not get fired from OpenAI and who still work at OpenAI for now. And for OpenAI to survive and justify their high valuation, they need those workers. But the employees of OpenAI just saw their boss, their co-founder, their CEO, their visionary leader get fired. And they see that as a colossal error. The employees of OpenAI are so upset at what has happened to the company in the past week that they just did what anyone does when they get really, really upset. They signed an open letter. They wrote a letter. And the letter was an ultimatum. It was actually a pretty big ultimatum. Jack, what else was in that letter, man? The board must rehire Sam Altman as the CEO and then resign or we all quit. Get this Yetis, 97% of OpenAI's remaining employees have now signed that ultimatum letter. If the board doesn't rehire Sam and then resign as a board, then OpenAI loses 97% of their employees. If they don't do all this, everyone's going to quit the company. That's basically it. And it's a credible threat, too. This coup has now turned into a mutiny. Because Microsoft already hired Sam Altman. They could hire everyone else at OpenAI. They could take the biggest assets from OpenAI. And they could rebuild the entire OpenAI company but under Microsoft. And here's the crazy thing, Eddie. That's not like the only drama going down in the streets of San Francisco right now. <laughs> Every AI company in San Francisco is trying to poach the open AI disgruntled workers. Over at Salesforce, like in Salesforce Tower, Mark Benioff has promised to hire and give raises to any open AI employee. Honestly, he could be the janitor. <laughs> so now open AI is so desperate. They reportedly asked their biggest competitor, Anthropic, to merge. Jack, that was a lot. I feel like I need a breath. I need a water. I need to take a shower after we covered all that. What a colossal mistake firing Altman was and the consequences after. I feel like they didn't think about it. Yet he's so many twists and turns and it's just like Jack and I told you on Monday. Artificial intelligence is powered by human intelligence. And now it's a field day in San Francisco for that human intelligence. So Jack, what's the takeaway for all our buddies over at OpenAI? OpenAI can still undo this, and that's actually what everyone wants to happen. Andy, you know who looks like the clear winner here? It's Microsoft. OpenAI's downfall means they got their prized wonder kid, Sam Altman. And if they want, they can hire Sam Altman's entire old staff that used to work at OpenAI. But here's the interesting thing. Microsoft much preferred everything before this. Like, they preferred the status quo, and they would like to go back to that. Yeah, because when Microsoft was merely an investor in OpenAI, they got the best of both worlds. Back then, Microsoft benefited from OpenAI, but it wasn't responsible for the negative consequences. If Microsoft takes over OpenAI completely, then it's responsible for the moral and ethical burdens of this dangerous new innovation. Oh, and guess who else wants the status quo from last week, Jack? Um, all the investors in OpenAI who've put a lot of money into that company and are afraid it's going to go to zero. So Yetis, don't be shocked if OpenAI ends up rehiring Sam and going right back to the status quo. Because literally every stakeholder, except OpenAI's competition, wishes they could go back to last week. The only question is, will OpenAI's board members push Control-Altman-Delete?
This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It is how good is the feeling of finally getting something off your chest? You've been wanting to say it. You've been waiting to say it. But you bottle it up. In Waspy, Vermont, where I grew up, we didn't talk much about our problems. We were encouraged to keep them to yourself. Yetis, bottling up your feelings is just horrible for you because eventually it blows up with an outburst and then while it's stewing, it makes your whole stomach feel terrible. We encourage you to get it off your chest. And the perfect place to do that is therapy. You will not believe how good it feels to say something that has been left unsaid and you can practice with a therapist and then end up telling your loved ones the best way possible later on. You don't have to tell them, but you could. It's 100% up to you. Oh, and by the way, what you tell your therapist remains completely confidential. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash T-Boy today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash T-Boy. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash Wondery and use code Wondery for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash Wondery. Code Wondery. For our third and final story, the most polarizing dish at your Thanksgiving, it's cranberries. Ocean spray is the OPEC of cranberries, and ocean spray is a legal monopoly. And we're going to tell you all about it. But Jack, last month, didn't we cover like the most controversial food of Halloween? What is it again? It's candy corn. It's pretty controversial. It still divides people. But the most controversial food of Thanksgiving is cranberries. Specifically, Canned cranberry sauce. Canned cranberries divides us like the Berlin Wall. It's the most contentious side dish since you put a prune in the stuffing. Now, on the upside, it is sweet, it is flavorful, and it adds some much-needed color to that plate of turkey and mashed potatoes and gravy. But on the downside, it is gelatinous, it jiggles, and it awkwardly holds the cylindrical shape of the can. Or is the jiggle a pro? Not a con. It's the only side dish at Thanksgiving that like looks like it has its own pulse, Jack. But we can all agree on one thing. There's only one brand in cranberries. And that brand is Ocean Spray. According to the Wall Street Journal, Ocean Spray produces 65% of the world's cranberries. Two out of three cranberries in that granola of yours? That's an Ocean Spray cranberry, people. They sell trillions of cranberries bringing in an annual revenue of $2 billion. We're not even going to compare that to Lyft's. It's, it's, it's a lot of cranberries. And Thanksgiving this week is the cranberry industry Super Bowl. Because the average American this week is going to eat a quarter pound of cranberries. That's a lot of cranberries. But yet, here's what Jack and I found fascinating about this story. Ocean Spray actually has the most unique business model in America. Ocean Spray is a monopoly. Yes, it is. But it's a legal monopoly. Yetis, Ocean Spray isn't just a farm. It isn't one company. And it isn't even one business. Ocean Spray is actually 700 different farms. It's a co-op. It's a cooperative of 700 different family farms that go way back to 100 years ago. All the way back to 1933, Plymouth, Massachusetts, just outside Boston. Cranberry farmers in New England were doing the hard work of flooding their bog so they could harvest their cranberries. They started thinking, hey, why waste money competing 
when we could make money collaborating. Um, because collaborating is illegal. Yeah, this feels like it's across a line. Like, you're not allowed to do this, right? If two companies, like, collaborate on prices, that's called collusion. Yeah, you can't collude and you can't have monopoly. That's fundamentally illegal in this country. Turns out there's a loophole. Get this, Yetis. In 1922, there was a new federal law that lets agriculture companies team up to create cooperatives. And that's exactly what they did. The farmers teamed up and became shareholders in one giant company. And that giant cranberry company is exempt from antitrust laws. And instead of one big bad company who takes profits from us, it's 700 wholesome farms who are the monopoly. It's actually a really good feel-good story you want to tell your kids. It's the OPEC of cranberries, <laughs> and it tastes good. <laughs> but it kind of jiggles, too. <laughs> <laughs> it's not but it jiggles, it's and it jiggles. But Yetis, that's not even our favorite part about this cranberry story. Our favorite part is our takeaway. So Jack, what's the takeaway for our buddies over at Ocean Spray? One scary year drove Ocean Spray to innovation. All right, Yetis, you want to know the worst year in cranberry history? We actually know it. It's 1959. Because in 1959, there was a cranberry scare and they had zero canned cranberry sales. In 1959, the federal government warned Americans that cranberries might be associated with cancer. It scared everybody into not buying them that Thanksgiving. Well, that scare made Ocean Spray realize their greatest risk. They only sold one product and they only sold it like one time of the year. So that's the year they decided to innovate beyond Thanksgiving. So in the 1960s, Ocean Spray launched their first ever cranberry juice. In the 1980s, they launched their first cranberry juice box. And in the 1990s, Ocean Spray launched their most successful product ever, dried cranberries. Also known as craisins. Craisins. And today you're tossing frozen cranberries into your morning smoothie bowl. So one bad year, one scare catalyzed Ocean Spray to innovate and reinvent their berry. Add it all up, Yetis, and Ocean Spray has one of the most unique business models in all of America. Jack, can you whip up the takeaways for us for our last pod before Thanksgiving? Amazon is putting QR codes on the screen for the NFL's Black Friday game. Because Amazon wants the holy grail, merging content with commerce. For our second story, OpenAI has gone from coup to mutiny. But it's not too late for OpenAI to undo all of it. And our third and final story is Ocean Spray. With 700 farms, it's the world's largest legal monopoly of cranberries. One scary year drove decades of cranberry innovation. But Yetis, this pod's not over yet. Here's what else you need to know today. First, CZ, the founder of the world's largest crypto exchange, Binance, is stepping down in a shocking move. He pleaded guilty to federal anti-money laundering charges, and his company has to pay $4.3 billion. And second, speaking of AI, NVIDIA, the computer chip company powering artificial intelligence, just reported huge earnings. And NVIDIA just announced quarterly revenues tripled. Their chips are the brains that power AI. And finally, San Francisco's only private island is now available for sale for $25 million. It's an entire island in the bay, and it could be yours. It could be yours. For $25 million. You just got to put down a little bit of money. Oh, is there a house on it? You actually have to build your own house. Um, That's in the fine print, Jack. <laughs> so you could have Fire Festival 3, though. There's actually a Fire Fest clause, <laughs> Jack. <laughs> 
Now time for the best fact yet. This one sent in by Savannah Westwood from lovely Orlando, Florida. You think that 16 pound bird on your dinner table tomorrow is big? (laughs) It's not. No, it's not. All right, here's the trivia for your Thanksgiving dinner yetis. What is the biggest turkey ever? According to the Guinness Book of World Records, It's an 86-pound turkey. It's an 86-pounder named Tyson. That's how big this turkey got. It was sold at an auction in 1989 for $7,000. I think you put that thing in the oven because it's coming (laughs) after you. I hope you have a fork and knife in your hand. (laughs) Fork and knife, Jack, you need like a flamethrower with that thing. (laughs) I really wish a turkey was a flightless bird now. Yetis, you look fantastic for the three-day week. Jack and I, we're not going to see you until Monday, but we do this pod for you, and we got to give thanks to you. As always, we are so thankful for you to listen to the show because it's why we get to do the show. And Jack, I'm so thankful that I have you a co-host because this is the most fun job you could do on a daily basis. 100% agree, man. It was so much fun. Happy Thanksgiving to everybody. We'll see you on Monday. Have some turkey, have some gravy, maybe even some jiggly cranberry sauce. <laughs> that jiggle is some razzle-dazzle. <laughs> Jack and I, we'll see you on Monday. And before we go, a happy birthday and congrats to Yetis Rachel and Rex Spence, a couple with the same birthday celebrating in Cambodia. Happy birthday to Avery Kamalzada, a first lieutenant marine officer stationed in Okinawa, Japan. Lieutenant Avery, thank you for your service. Celebrate that win. And a happy birthday to Luis Hua on his way to work in Santa Clara, California. Happy birthday to Vicky Gabbard in Charlotte, North Carolina. And Anna Pareda, happy 50th birthday down in Houston. Happy birthday to Geronimo Sereno in Lafayette, Louisiana. And Marilei in Encinitas, California, celebrating a wonderful birthday. Happy birthday to Allison Sherman in Glendale, California. And Lauren Ginsburg, enjoy that birthday with some lacrosse down in Baltimore, Maryland. Happy birthday to Ryan Hart in Woodbridge, Virginia. And Minaj Vamula is celebrating a birthday in San Ramon, California. Happy birthday to Jamarian B in Seattle. And Alejandro Lopez from Venezuela, now living in Norway, is turning 38, but he's feeling like 28. (laughs) Congratulations to Sue Jean Kim, who's returning to work after a year of traveling the whole world. And Alex and Joyce are no longer in their dink era. This couple is expecting a baby, in Washington. And Todd and Grayson and Ewan are driving to Nana and Papa's for Thanksgiving. Celebrate those wins. And to anyone else celebrating something this long weekend, make it a T-Boy. Celebrate the wins. This is Jack. I own stock of Amazon. Or if Bezos convinced him to ship via Prime. (sighs) Yeah, the reindeers are like on the 20-yard line for this game, Jack. Dude, him, him was a reference to Santa because you had just said Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jack, the elves are going to go on strike. This deal is so good for Amazon. If you like the best one yet, you can listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. And before you go, Tell us a little bit about yourself by filling out a short survey at Wondery.com slash survey. We want to get to know you. Nick and Jack here. I want to quickly tell you about the show Business Wars. With the launch of ChatGPT, Sam Altman and OpenAI reinvigorated our imaginations and fears of a world with artificial intelligence. While the company looked like a stunning success from the outside, a battle was brewing within. Almost a year after launching ChatGPT, that battle erupted into a war when the company fired its charismatic CEO, Sam Altman. From Wondery, 
Business Wars is a podcast about the biggest corporate rivalries of all time. And in the newest season, host David Brown digs into the philosophical differences within OpenAI that culminated in Sam Altman's shocking firing and what it means for the future and safety of AI in the modern world. Follow Business Wars on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. And for more deep dive and daily business content, listen on Wondery, the destination for business podcasts. With shows like How I Built This, Business Wars, the best one yet, business movers, and many more. Wondery means business.